Hey everyone, Pastor Kevin, listen, today I have a word from the Lord that I believe is going to be a blessing to your life, strengthen you in your journey. All of us need a shot in the arm in our faith, and I believe that word today is going to do that. Take the next few minutes, spread the word, tell your friends and family this message is coming on. I'm believing it's going to change our lives, and I want you to hang on till the end. I'm going to come back and pray for your needs, and I believe God's going to touch today. Let's jump into this word and be blessed. I'll be back soon. I want you to go to Genesis 14 with me, please. I am asking you to hold the giving to the end because I'm going to teach on giving today. And um, I want to preach a message um, that the Lord been laying on my heart for a couple of weeks now, and it's just not been the right time. And I felt like the Lord said, today is the day. I want to talk about generosity, and I want to talk about specifically tithing. Oh, yes. Look at your neighbor said, it's real today. So today we're going to talk about tithing. If you're already a tither, this will be a blessing to you. If you're not a tither, it is not meant to condemn or shame. It is meant to be an invitation into the greatest life you could ever live. And I just need a witness before I begin. Before I begin, I want anyone, you cannot do this if you're not a tither. But if you're a tither and can testify that God has added more to your life and supernaturally blessed you in supernatural ways. I want you to give a witness to what I'm saying that tithing is. Okay, my God. So praise the Lord. Well, I may not need to preach this message because most everybody's a tither. But I want to talk today about the average church. And I want you to know you didn't come to an average church. I have no desire to be average. And I have no desire to watch you live a life that is an average life. I believe God will breathe on you and put super on your natural and bless you coming in and bless you going out. How many want you and everybody on your road to live a blessed life? Somebody say amen. In fact, why don't you look at your row and tell your row, tell somebody on your row, this whole row is coming in to the blessing of the Lord. This whole row. In fact, if you don't want to be blessed, you better pack your stuff up and go find some old dead, dried up row because this row is coming in to the blessing of the Lord. Somebody say amen. I want to talk about the first time tithing is mentioned in the Bible. It is found in Genesis 14. And we will begin reading in the 11th verse. Shut the doors and lock them. Don't let them leave till I say amen. I'm kidding. Oh, y'all funny. Okay. Then they took verse 11. Now, these are five kings. Let me set this up. I don't want to read the whole chapter because it's a long chapter, but I want you to hear this. Five kings attacked the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in Sodom at this time was the nephew of a man named Abraham, and that nephew's name was Lot. And when they attacked Sodom, they took Lot and all of his family and all the possessions. This is the story we're getting ready to read, and I want you to hear what happens um, as a result of their invasion of Lot. Listen to this, verse 11. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, Abraham's nephew, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and they departed. And one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite, the brother of Eskol and brother of Anir, and they were allies with Abram. Now when Abram heard that his nephew was taken captive, 
he armed 318 trained servants. This dude is like commando. Watch this. I mean, I can see him putting war paint on his eye, and he's just like ready to go get in a fight with somebody. He takes 318 servants who were born in his own house, and they pursued as far as Dan. He divided the forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods, and he also brought back his nephew Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And the king, now watch verse 17. This is very important stuff here. The king, everybody say the king. The king of Sodom, the king of Sodom went out to meet Abram at the valley of Shaveh. That is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Kedor Laomer, the kings and the kings who were with them. Watch this, verse 18. Then Melchizedek, everyone say Melchizedek. Melchizedek, king of Salem, remember that, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tithe of all. Somebody say that with me. And Abram gave him a of what? All. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me, now watch this, the king of Sodom gave, said to Abram, give me your people and take the goods for yourself. Watch Abram. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I am the one who made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, Eskol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. And I wanna preach today on, on, on the tithe and what tithing is all about. I wanna preach this message in this, I think this is gonna be called a series. I think it's gonna become a series because there's a number of things that are just average that some people have accepted and we're not going to be an average church. We're just not, it's not that I'm in a competition with any other person. I'm just in a competition with the old self and the old me's not gonna overcome the new me in Christ. So look at somebody, tell them don't be average, be above average. This is not going to be, come on tell them, this is not going to be an average church and you are not going to be just an average believer come on how many know God is doing supernatural things in our life and we want him to do we want him to do whatever he wants to do and how many want him to get all the glory for it somebody say amen father I give you thanks for these precious and beautiful people I bless them today bless the house with the word of the Lord in Jesus precious name and everyone said amen you can be seated in the presence of God so I just don't believe there is a message that I will preach this year that has any more power to change the trajectory of your life than the one I'm getting ready to teach right now. I believe tithing has the propensity and the capacity to change your life in ways on, on, on this side and the other side of eternity like nothing else that you could tangibly do to position yourself 
to walk in the supernatural blessed life. And, and I say that and people say, oh, but there's so much more to talk about. There is so much to talk about in the kingdom of God and we talk about it all, but it would be a great disservice and a disjustice, an injustice, I should say, to you and your family for you to come to our church, experience the presence of God and never hear a sermon on tithing. I was 17 years old before, 18 years old before I heard the first sermon I ever heard on tithing. And when I heard it, I wondered why in the world didn't we hear this growing up? And here's why, we don't talk about this in church because we don't, number one, we don't want people to say, y'all out for my money. Let, let me help everybody in here understand something. I'm not out for your money. God is not even trying to get your money because he's in trouble if you don't. Let me help y'all, let me help y'all. He's not El Chipo, he's El Shaddai. He doesn't need my pennies and my tithe dollars so that heaven's light bill gets paid and the lights and the power stay on in heaven. Tithing is not about us propping up God. Tithing is about an invitation for you and I to step into a partnership with God and experience abundance on every level of our living. And I want to teach this today. I just want to be faithful to the truth of God's word today and to teach on giving because I believe it is biblical even in light of the fact that so much foolishness has happened in and among the people of God regarding giving, especially over the last 50, 60 years. In fact, throughout all of church history, there's been this Judas spirit that tries to, to, to racketeer the kingdom of God and the things of God. But I want to tell you right now that the Judas spirit is not in operation everywhere. There really is a divine move of the kingdom happening in the earth. And people who are helping that happen are people who understands that God blesses them so that they can be a blessing and help get the kingdom agenda done on earth in their generation. I refuse, Devin and I refuse just to live a blessed life so that we could see. In fact, living the blessed life has nothing to do with what you can accumulate or the possessions that you can come into possess uh, and, and have. Um, uh, living a blessed life is much more about what you're able to make happen for the glory of God than it is about what you're able to hoard and store up for yourself. And I want you and your family to be blessed, so I'm gonna teach this word today. And we'll see what God does and we'll see where God goes. And at the end of it, I just want to be very transparent. We're going to receive the tithe and the offering at the end. Not because, not because I'm waiting so that I can get more people to, to, to tithe. If there's anyone who's never engaged in tithing, I want you to hear truth about it before you just do something mindlessly that you've been trained to do. I want you to know why you tithe. And I want you to have faith in the God that you're paying your tithe to. And I want you to know that when you give your tithe to the church, you are not just giving to a church or its budget, you are giving to God and his kingdom. It's very important that you grab that. Okay, so let's just ease into this. So why would we talk about tithing? Because Jesus talked about possessions. In Matthew 23, 23, he encourages people to engage in tithing. People will tell you that, that Jesus never uh, 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 talked about tithing. In Matthew 20, 20, 23, 23, he actually does. He says to the Pharisees, you should tithe and not forget to do the rest of the kingdom things that are important. He doesn't condemn tithing. He doesn't avoid talking about it. He actually says you you should tithe and you should give your tenth, but you shouldn't exempt yourself from the other stuff that is in keeping with the kingdom citizen. Tithing doesn't exempt you from showing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You don't get a free pass just because you're a tither, but you also need to understand that those who are kingdom citizens should not just disregard 
the teaching on tithing simply because you say, well, it's, it's law and now I'm under grace. Uh, let, let me help you understand something. If you, how many have ever heard that? Tithing is the law. Lift your hand if you ever heard that. Come on, lift your hand. Uh-huh, that's a lie. Tithing did not happen with the law. I read to you the first place tithing was ever mentioned in the Bible. It's in Genesis 14. How many know where the law came? Does anybody know where the law was introduced? Uh-huh. 400 years later in the book of Exodus and in Leviticus, you get the law. Abraham was not under Moses' law. He was born hundreds of years before Moses was ever born. So why did Abram tithe? If tithing is, so, so, so pastor, but, but I thought the law instructed the people to tithe. Yes, the law later codified the act of tithing. But the reality of it is it was codified in the law of Moses because God wanted his people to be free from being controlled by possessions and being possessed by materialism. So he told them in order for you to be blessed, I want to make sure you recognize who your source is and who the one is that's giving you all of this grain and all of this corn and all of this yield of fruit and all of this harvest. I wanna make sure you know who's giving it to you and that you're not doing it for yourself. Look at somebody tell them, I can't do all this by myself. Is, and, I, and I think there's some people who say that, but they don't believe what I'm saying. But is there anybody in here who would recognize and agree with me when you look at your life? You know you ain't smart enough to give yourself the kind of life God has given you. You know you're not bright enough. Oh, Lord. I'm not here today because I earned it, and you're not here today because you earned it. Yes, we work hard, but we also recognize it was God that gave us the strength to work. It was God that gave us the open door. It was God that gave us the raise. It was God that gave us the job that many of us were not educated enough to have. How many know that God's been better to you than you deserve, and you're here today as a result of his goodness being demonstrated in your life? Somebody say amen. So... So Jesus talked about possessions and money and stewardship and generosity almost more than any other subject. He gave 29 parables in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 29 parables given by Jesus. How many of those parables talk about possessions and money? 16 of them. More than half of them have to do with what you do with what you have. I want you to know that giving was a big deal to Jesus. Giving was a big deal in the, and generosity was a big deal in the Bible. Over 800 passages talk about synonymous terms like money, finances, giving, tithing, and generosity. So why would Jesus talk about money and possessions as much as he did? I'll tell you why. Because nothing identifies a person's priorities and a person's passion as quickly as their most recent transactions on their debit card. Oh, it's getting real today. Growing up, we used to say, show me your checkbook, I'll show you your God. Well, we don't have checkbooks no more, but we all have some recent transactions on our credit card and debit card. And let, listen, if you look at your last two months worth of expenses, I can tell you what your God is. Boy, I know how to kill it, don't I? Oh, Brother Wallace, I love God. Listen, Jesus said, where a woman's treasure is, where a man's treasure, yeah, I'm coming for you sisters too. Where a man's treasure is, where a woman's treasure is, there their heart is also. 
He says, you can't just say you love me and then when you show me your possessions and your resources, you don't have any connection to me. He said, if you want to know where your heart is, find out what you're investing in because you would never invest in something that you don't, it's not a passion and a priority in your life. The only thing I pay that I'm not really excited about is taxes. Y'all can act like y'all just all agree with what they do with our, I am not in agreement, but I do pay my taxes because I don't want to go to jail for the rest of my life. But there are other things that I invest in, that I give to, and the things that I invest in and I give to, watch, are things that, that, that I, am, I am a part of in my life, things that I want to invest in, things that make life better. And there are some people in the kingdom of God, they say they love God, lift their hands, but when it comes time to find out where their heart is, their heart is not in the place that their mouth says it is. And we do all kind of crazy stuff in the church. You know, we, we, we boycott Disney because Disney got crazy with some wokeism and some LGBTQ stuff. And we like, I ain't going to do that. And here's the crazy thing. We got, and y'all mad at me now, I feel it. But we got banners about how we ain't going to watch Mickey Mouse no more. And then we take tithe dollars and pay interest to credit card banks. And they do the same stuff with our money. And y'all looking at me funny, but I'm going to come down off this stage if somebody don't help me. We won't cuss, but we'll take tithe dollars and pay a movie theater to let somebody cuss for us. That's good preaching, Bishop. Coming for you. My point is, what are you investing in? What are you a part of? What kingdom are you establishing on earth? And and that's what we want to talk about today. And and so... um, uh, Pastor Richie and Sarah and some of the some of the uh, and and Anna and some of the administrators helped me pull some stuff together about the average church and the giving in the average church. And this will blow your mind. If this don't make you sick, um, I don't want you to ever be sick. But if this don't make you just sick at your stomach, it's just something's wrong with this. You ready for this? In the church in America, they recently um, they recently surveyed a thousand Protestants. And you know what Protestants are, and we're, we're, we're in a sense Protestants. And so they, they survey a thousand Protestants, and here's what they determine. In the, in the Protestant church, the average attender of a Protestant church gives two point, mm-hmm, 2.4% of their income to the church. And they determined that another 0.8% is given by that same person to additional charities. So, so 2.4%, let's just say that you make $50,000 a year. The average person in a church that makes $50,000 a year, the, everybody say the average. The average person gives about $1,300 a year out of a salary of $50,000. Now, let, let me help you understand something. That ain't even a tip. You, you, y'all going to some Jay Alexander's or get some church's chicken or you're going, you know, some chicken place after this. Some, some, I'm going to some chicken place. Y'all go where y'all want to. I'm going to get some chicken. I'm going to get some pinto bean. I'm going to do something. I'm going to tip the person who takes care of me better than I tipped God if I'm not a tither. And here's the reason why we do that, because we know he's good. And people say he'll understand. 
He, he knows I got seven cell phones with unlimited data. He gets it. I'm coming all the way down there. I don't care. I don't even care no more. I done made you mad. I'm going to get you real mad now. It's priority, family. Uh-huh. And, and you and I have got to detect. There are people on the internet right now. Woo, if you could feel what I'm feeling coming off that camera back there. I'm, I cannot believe he's teaching on tithing. That is the law. It is not the law. It is covenant. I'm getting ready to show you. Tithing is not the law. Abraham did not tithe because he was a law keeper. There was no law. Abraham tithed because he knew who was doing all of the giving and all of the blessing in his life. Let me teach it. Let me teach it. Okay. Okay. So the average giver, 2.4% of our annual giving, of our annual income goes back to the church. So what's the problem with that, Pastor Kevin? The problem for that is that the 10% is the tithe. So what we do is we often give God something because we want him to know what we, we know you're there. But we got too much of a life going on to give you what really belongs to you. So because we got too much going on in our life to give you what belongs to you, we will not give you what you deserve. We will give you what is left over. Let me talk about why we tithe. First of all, if you're taking notes, write this down. The tithe, I'm going to make it very simple because another thing in this study that blew my mind is that 44% of the people surveyed did not even know what tithing was. They didn't even know what the word tithe meant. If you're writing notes, write this down. Tithe means 10%. Tithe means 10%. Now, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence because you're brilliant people, but you would be amazed at how many people sit in a sermon sit in a service like this and hear a message like this, and they say, well, what in the world is a tithe? T-I-T-H-E, tithe. It is ten, simply 10%. And there are places in the Old Testament where God says, that tithe is mine. Now, here, here it gets crazy. This is where God, he doesn't test us, but he gives us the opportunity to demonstrate faithfulness. You ready for this? God does something cray-cray. He puts what's his in my hand. He puts his tithes in my hand to see if I, as his son, will properly steward what he gave me. And if I will recognize that what I have came from him. Okay. And so this text before us today is the first place that tithing is mentioned in all the Bible and Abraham is going to go down to Sodom. I, I mean, I just see him painting up like Rambo, pulling out, you know, a machete, pulling out guns and stuff. He's going to get his family and whoop somebody that stole his, his, his nephew and all their kids and all their stuff. So he goes by night, 318 men, commando, just breaking down doors, taking things out. You stole our stuff. Devil, give us our stuff back. Everybody's going crazy. And Abraham comes out, watch, with his family and all the spoil. And he's on his way back and he passes by two kings. Don't miss this. He passes two kings. One is the king of Salem and one is the king of Sodom. God, I'm getting ready to teach here. He passes by the king of Salem. Everyone say Salem. 
If you look at that word Salem, you will see it appropriately as the suffix of the city Jerusalem. Jerusalem, are you following me here? And what many believe is that this was the priest and the king of Jerusalem, of the place that would be in the future, Jerusalem. His name, Prince of Salem or King of Salem, he's literally the king of peace, the king of Salem. Watch this. The Bible says that when Abraham encountered him after the victory, say after the victory. After Abraham had freed Lot and, and won back all the spoil and he's going back home with more stuff than he had before he got in the fight and he's got loaded down with all of this wealth and all this crazy stuff that he took as a result of defeating five kings. Man, this is good. He's loaded up, he's going back home and the king of Salem comes out to meet him and when he meets him, he serves him a meal. You gotta read the Bible here. He serves him a meal of wine and bread. Does that sound? familiar to anybody in this room. What is this whole issue of the meal that this king of Salem gives Abram? He gives him an Old Testament, an Old Testament type and figure of communion. And, and that's why, thank you Lord, that the writer of Hebrews would say that Jesus came, watch, it doesn't say Melchizedek that, that came after the order of Jesus. It said that Jesus came after the order of Melchizedek. What does that even mean? Because Melchizedek blessed Abram and he served him wine and bread after the victory. But if you fast forward to the new covenant, Hebrews 7 said that Jesus was a king and a priest after the order of Melchizedek, which is why he could gather his 12 in a room before the cross, sit down and say, eat this bread and drink this wine. Because if you eat this bread, it's my body I feel like preaching here. If you drink this wine, it is my blood. And I'm not even dead yet, but we're going to celebrate and take a meal like the battle's already been won. Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When Melchizedek serves Abraham, Abram, it wasn't Abraham yet, it was Abram. But when he serves Abraham the bread and the wine, he opens up his mouth. Melchizedek the priest opens up his mouth and blesses Abram. Now I thought he was already blessed because he already won the battle. How are you gonna bless somebody that already won the battle? Don't miss this. Just cause you got stuff don't mean you're blessed. I'm getting ready to say some stuff right here, Deacon. Yeah, see Abram, whoo, I feel like teaching here. Abram could have said, look at all my people and look at all this stuff and look at all this spoil that I just got. I'm already blessed. But Abram knew the blessing is not in my possessions. The blessing is not in all my spoil. The blessing is not in my materialism. I want the blessing of God to be on my life when I got stuff and when I got nothing, when I got people and when I got nobody. I want to be blessed. I don't just want to have stuff and be rich. I want to be blessed. How many know there is a difference between having stuff and being blessed? And Melchizedek couldn't give him stuff because Abraham already had the stuff. It wasn't stuff I feel like preaching here. It was not stuff that made him blessed. It was the blessing of God on his life that made him blessed. You ever met rich, miserable people? Yes. 
And you ever met people who were a little bit struggling but had joy all the time? I'm telling you right now, happiness may be attached to what you have, but joy is attached to who's got you and who you've got. Oh, Lord, I better quit because if I go down this road, I'll preach a hole in this roof. I'm telling you right now, there are people sitting on your row. They don't look like they got much in the world's eyes, but if you could see what God had said over them, they're the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. Don't look at me and judge me based on where I am. I have been blessed by the possessor of heaven and earth. Shout if you know you're blessed. The Bible said that Melchizedek blessed him. Can we read this together? Can you put that scripture up on what he said in Genesis 14? He said, the most high God, I love this, the possessor of heaven and earth. Lord, I don't have time. The God you serve is not just the owner of heaven. He possesses heaven and he possesses earth. The first thing I need you to get in, in this is that when you tithe, it keeps ownership in perspective. I'm getting ready to help me, Lord. Uh, when you tithe, what you are literally saying is, I know who's this belongs to, I know who this belongs to and where it came from. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you don't own anything. You steward everything you got. Now, don't get offended at me. Let me teach you Bible here. The earth is the Lord's, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Well, you know, but my name is on the deed. Yeah, but you're borrowing his dirt. Everything you own, everything you possess, literally everything you got belongs to God. If you act like it's yours, then you have forgotten where it came from and you start operating in a sense of pride. Pride might be the greatest enemy of being blessed of any other enemy because pride makes you sufficient in yourself. And you and I were never created to build a life that can be experienced and enjoyed without depending on God. I want to live the kind of life that at the end of my days, I'm able to look back and say, look what the Lord has done. It ain't look what Kevin did. It's not look what Devin did. It's not look what we did. It's look at how he moved. Oh God, look at how many times he made a way where there seemed to be no way. Look at how many times he took two and multiplied it into four. Look at how many times he opened a door and nobody, who not even and my haters could shut it, but he blessed me coming in and he blessed me going out. I want to live the kind of life where he gets the glory. When you tithe, you keep ownership in perspective. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the crazy thing is, he could ask and demand all 100% back. And he just says, give me 10. He actually doesn't even say, give me 10. He says, look what I did for you. If you'll just keep the perspective ship of owner correct, I'll keep on blessing your life. Ty, 
tithing reminds me every time I tithe and every time I give my tithe for Devin and I and what the Lord's blessed us with, every time I give 10% of something else God gives us, I am reminded all 100% came from God. He is the blesser. He possesses heaven and earth. And he gets people on earth who come into partnership with him. He actually begins to pour out the resources of heaven. I hope somebody by faith can catch what I'm saying. Because what, what would you say if I told you for kingdom purposes and for the glory of God, millionaires are sitting in this church and don't even know it? Y'all can't handle me today. Oh, Lord, here he go talking about millionaires. Do you understand? I, I'm thankful for, and you need to know this. I don't know who gives what. I don't care who gives what. I hug everybody, love everybody, pet your children, children, baptize your children, baptize you, bury your loved ones. I do it all for everybody. I don't know who gives what, but I would tell you this. You know when you run into somebody who's walking in partnership with God and the blessing of God is over their life because even the bad seasons and the valley seasons turn out good for them in the end. It's not that tithers never have a bad day. It's that it don't stay bad because the God they put their faith in has the the power to turn some things around. Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek who was a priest of God Most High. Read the text. It says that Melchizedek was a priest of God Most High. When you pay your tithes, you, number one, keep in perspective what true ownership is. I don't own anything I have. I steward it because God let me have it. Secondly, when Abraham tithed, he gave to Melchizedek, watch this, who was a priest of the Most High God, which means this. When you tithe your 10%, you give it to a man on earth, but God accepts it as a tithe unto him. I got power in my hip today. Hallelujah. Scared me. Robocop. Watch. Watch this. He gave to Melchizedek, but God accepted it as a tithe unto himself. What well, did he give to Melchizedek or did he give to God? Both. What's the point? Put Hebrews 7 up there for me, Chad, if you don't mind. I want them to see this. Hebrews 7. Command to receive the tithe from people according to the law. Uh, not, not that one to keep going, please. I think it's the next verse. But he whose genealogy, now he's speaking about Melchizedek. And why is he saying this? Because Melchizedek's genealogy is not given in the Bible. He just shows up as the priest of Salem, the king of Salem, and the priest of the Most High God. Watch this. He whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Okay, so he's talking about Melchizedek. Melchizedek's genealogy is not located anywhere in the Bible. And after Abraham's victory, and he got all this spoil and plunder, the Bible said Abraham paid him tithes and blessed him who had the promise. Who had the promise? Abraham. Abraham had the promise from God. And I heard, I heard on the way down, I was listening to Tori, who was, or they were talking about what Tori had said. God made Abraham promises. Abraham had to go through processes. But even while he was in the process, he recognized who, who had blessed him. 
I'm getting ready to show you something in a minute. Go to the next verse for me. Look at this, verse seven, this is it. Uh, now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. That means that Abraham was lesser in terms of this priesthood thing than Melchizedek because Melchizedek blessed him and released the blessing upon him. Verse eight, I keep trying to get to this one verse. Here it is. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there, somebody say there, he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he what? Lives. We give to mortal men, but as we give tithes even to men who are dying, we are testifying that while we hand the tithe to mortal men, we are serving a living Christ. Let me preach right here because tithing, if it's nothing else, is a testimony that you believe Jesus is not in a tomb somewhere. Jesus is, why would I pay my tithes to a dead king who is still conquered by death? I am not tithing to a dead king. I am tithing and witnessing every Sunday that I give my tithe. I am a witness that my, I feel like preaching in here. I wish somebody would just take this one. Every time you give your tithe, you are testifying to an unbelieving world and a crazy world system that my king is a living king. My king conquered death, hell, and the grave. I'm a tither not because I gotta keep the lights on. I'm a tither because I know the God who is blessing me and my family is still alive. Anybody know he's still alive? Who would not want to give to a king who conquered death, hell, and the grave? He's alive. Well, I tithe out of guilt. That's a horrible reason to tithe. I tithe because every time I get to tithe, it reminds me he blessed me with something else to give back to him. And that he is alive. Now watch this. Uh, let's go back to Genesis 14. I'm about through, but not yet. He, he gave to keep ownership and proper priority. He gave his tithe. Say tithe. Say 10%. He gave not only to keep ownership and priority, he gave because his king was alive. And then I want you to see this. He tithed because he was testifying that I will never trust an inferior person as my source. Now open the Bible, let me show this to you. So two kings come to Abram. One king comes and bestows a tithe on him, uh, pardon me, bestows a blessing on him, and Abraham pays him tithes. The next king, the king of Sodom, comes demanding something. Read the text. He come up to Abram after the victory and said, you give me the people, you keep the stuff. The spirit of this world is always demanding that it take something from you. The prince of peace, the king of Salem, never came demanding anything. In fact, he released a blessing over Abram and Abram tithed. God, I feel like preaching here. You've got to make up if you're going to be a slave to this world or a son of the living God, but you will not be both. No man can serve two masters. 
You will love the one and hate the other. The Bible said no man can serve God and mammon. Mammon is a spirit. Oh Lord, if I had the time. Mammon is not just you wanting a watch. Mammon is the spirit on you that'll make you cheat to get the watch. Y'all, where's my help in this church? Mammon is not you wanting a new car. Mammon is you defrauding other people, lying on your taxes and coming up under some wicked behavior to get what your soul is craving. Mammon is a spirit. You cannot serve God. I feel the Holy Ghost on me here. And mammon, you got to learn how to tell mammon, the spirit of this world, you didn't save me. You didn't bless me. You didn't bring me out. You didn't set me free. I refuse to live my life trying to hoard you up when I have already been delivered and called blessed by the God of heaven and earth. Man, you're so excited. (laughs) He pays tithes and Sodom, the king of Sodom comes to him and says, give me your stuff. You keep the stuff. Give me your people. That's the spirit of this world. Watch what Abraham says. I'm wrapping up. Abraham says, I ain't taking nothing from you. This is a Wallace Unauthorized translation. I ain't taking nothing from you. He was a wicked king of a wicked city. And it was a wicked king over a wicked city that was engaged in a wicked system. And he said, if you give me the people, I'll let you keep the stuff. And Abraham said, I'm not taking one thing from you. Why not, Abraham? Because I will never let it be said that you are my source. When you tithe, you keep yourself from becoming a slave to an inferior source. Because there are people who would like to line up and take the credit for what God has done, is doing, and will do in your life. And if the paycheck were big enough for some people, they would let Mr. Wonderful or Sister Wonderful walk in and stroke the check and tell everybody I'm the one that blessed them. But if you get what I'm saying today and you'll be a partner with God and pay your tithes, I'm telling you, you will never become a slave to an inferior source that wants to take the credit for the thing that's about to happen in your life. When God blessed this house, I didn't even know how to tell people about it. They called and said, can you give us a comment on on, uh, how you bought this church? I never called them back. Woke up one morning, front page of the newspaper. Local church buys the old Highland Park campus. We reached out to the bishop for a comment and he never responded. Why didn't I respond initially? Because I didn't know how to tell people God did this. Well, I told them that, but they looked and said, yeah, we know God did this, but who did this? No, 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 no. God did this. Yeah, we know that God did this, but who really did? God did this. And when you walk by faith and pay your tithes and you honor the word of the Lord, God will bring you into the kind of blessing people will want to know who did this. No man could do this. This was God. You better get comfortable. You better, oh, thank you, Lord. You better get comfortable with two things. 
Stop apologizing for his favor. Well, we out here, we might as well go for it now. Stop apologizing for his favor. You don't even wear shoes that somebody else gave you because the shoes are so nice when people see you wearing them shoes, they think things about you and they say, oh, look at them shoes. Well, Sister Ye Ye, if you knew that these shoes came from God, how would it make you feel if I wore them? God, slap your neighbor, tell them God did it. I feel like I need to release some of y'all to go grab lunch because some of you are looking awful hungry right now. But some of y'all having flashbacks and being broke, busted, and disgusted most all of your life. And then God took you out of that and brought you in to his goodness. And you know I'm preaching the truth today. You know you're the head and not the tail. Not because of your auntie and your mama and them. It was God, the most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. Let me people tell them God did it, 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 God did it. God did it, that's why I shout. God did it, that's why I dance. God did it, that's why I say hallelujah. It wasn't you, it wasn't me, it was God. Oh, it was God. God. It was God, so I'm gonna quit apologizing for it. And you're gonna have to get comfortable and stop apologizing for faith. And the next thing you're gonna have to stop doing is saying, I don't know how. Somebody said, how did this happen in your life? Stop saying, I don't know how. Say, God did it. God did it. How did your children get off drugs? How did you afford that? Because I know you don't have the income to substantiate that kind of love. How did you do? Look at your neighbor and say, oh. Say, hey neighbor, you better get comfortable telling them when they ask you how. Say, you better get comfortable telling them God did it. God put me up. God opened up the door. God made a way where there seemed to be no way. God rescued me in the midnight hour. God made me the head and not the tail. God made me above and not beneath. Slap three more people, tell them God did it. God did it. God did it. It was a God thing. It was an inside job. He took me and blessed my life. Do I have one witness? God did it. I'm through. God did it. God did it. God did it. Most high God. Most high God. Most high God. God did it. So, I'm, I'm through, but let me end with this illustration of what a tithe is. Somebody say, how do I tithe? I'm gonna show you before we leave. If you make $100 this week 
and you come to church on Sunday, what is the tithe of 100? $10. If you make $1,000 this week, what is the tithe on $1,000? 100. If you make $10,000 this week, wow, you give 1,000. Making it simple. You would say, Pastor Kevin, that means I have 90% left. No, that's not what it means. It means you have access to everything God has. No, 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 no. I'm living off 90. No, you're not. When you're tithing, you're living off God. I'm gonna come back here because that was too that was too good for three half-hearted claps and a Baptist deacon saying amen. Oh no, no, we're not gonna do that. When you tithe, you don't tithe and have 90% left. When you tithe, you don't live off 90. When you tithe, you live off God. So I'm almost through. So Denaja, come here, sweet girl. I want you to help me today. Okay, I want you to help me. I want you to show these people, the precious people of God, what tithing looks like. Okay, so in this parable, I am going to be God. I'm not God, except I'm acting as him in this parable. Denaja, what are these, sweetheart? What are they? They're grapes. There are 10 grapes in there. So what is the tithe? So, would you do me a favor, and you're coming to church, and you got your House of Miracles hoodie on, and you came to church on Sunday, and God blessed you with something this week, and what do you give him back? Okay, so put it back in. Just, 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 just all of that's his, but he's going to give it to you, and he, so you put your tithe there, and we praise God, and the Lord is good. Somebody tell Denasha, thank you. Thank you, sweetheart, you gave Come back, 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 come back. Oh, we're gonna move on up now. We're going from grapes to Hershey's. Her, oh yes, I found somebody. I found somebody who I can partner with. So now I'm gonna bless you with the good things and the sweet things, and I'm gonna bless you. And uh, I just, I just wanted. I put everything in your hand, but but it's time to worship in giving now. What you gonna, what you gonna do with what God blessed you with, Denasha? You gave, he gave you ten. What you gonna do? Oh, okay. You you ready to give? Okay. So oh no 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 no. You acting like your brother. Just pay your tithes. Just pay your tithes. Pay your tithes. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody tell Denasha, thank you. Come on, tell her thank you for help. She gave back one. Denasha, come back. I'm not through yet. Denasha, come here. Come here, girl. Come here, girl. I found me somebody that I can trust. Somebody that knows I've been good. Oh, hold on, Denasha. Hold on. Hold on, girl. Girl, I'm about to bless you to make you the head and not the tail of us. And just overflowing. Overflowing. Tell her you love her. It's, it's, it's giving time. It's giving time. Hold on. It's offering time. I gave you. What's your? How you? Oh, oh. You're giving back to God. Tell her one more time you love her. Come on. She helped me today. Tell her you love her. Denasha, come back. Come back, Denasha. Come back because I found somebody that was faithful in a little bit. Yeah, girl, I found you. You was giving me a tenth when all I gave you was some. 
just a handful of stuff and you are faithful with a hundred dollars, I'm getting ready to give you a job you ain't educated enough to have. I'm getting ready to open up a door. I just want to bless you. I just want to bless you. Just want to bless you. Tell her you love her. She did it this morning. Come on, tell your lover. The God said, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back, come back, come back. Because, because I, I sent Pastor Rick to the Cracker Barrel to buy one of those Hershey bars that were this big. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They don't have them till Christmas time. But instead of giving her a Hershey bar, I'm gonna give her a $2,000 scholarship for her RSM. Because, because God is good. God, God, the Lord is good and His mercy. Oh, I wish somebody would shout. If you know that God we serve takes joy in His children. Feel a sound in the church today. Somebody take a 20 second praise breath. Hey! Hey! Run to the run! Run to the run! Somebody praise the most high God! wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest I throw your hands up and say I am blessed I am blessed somebody sing it over your whole family I am blessed I feel the Holy Ghost breaking out I am blessed, yes I am. Every day, every day I live, I am blessed. If I got a witness, throw your hand up and say, when I wake up in the morning, till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. Shake hands with three people and tell them, 
of lack and poverty off of every one of your minds. I declare right now that a spirit of abundance and generosity, a spirit of generosity, oh God, a mindset shift is coming to you right now. I declare God is about to break up. He's about to break off and it's about to break forth the blessing of the Lord. Is coming on your life. Lord, I am, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm sitting here preaching and while I am, I just had a, a, just a vision, I had forgotten this story of being in Guatemala. Ooh, this is 15 years ago when Lonnie Hensley and I went to Guatemala with a, a little group to build some churches, Pastor Lee, and we were there and they feel the Lord here. They drove me through a city and this city was devastated and decimated by crime. They were shooting each other and killing each other in the streets. It's just a small little town. And a preacher started having a prayer meeting and they started praying against the darkness and that the blessing of God would break out in their city. And something supernatural happened in this little town. I forgot the name of it, Devin would know it. And we drove through it. They said, this is the town, Bishop. I said, the town of what? They said, this is the town where the blessing of God hit the city and the carrots and the, and the, and the cucumbers and all the lettuce, it started getting so big. They showed me carrots this long and they showed me heads of lettuce this big and they showed me all this produce that was exploded. It just was huge and they attributed it. The crime stopped in the city. You drove through this city and people were smiling and they got all kind of produce stands with the most massive produce you've ever seen in your life. What happened? The blessing of God came down on a whole city. I wish somebody in here would lift up your hands and get thankful that the blessing of God, the blessing of God is coming on you. The blessing of God is coming on your business. The blessing of God is coming over that court situation. The blessing of God is coming on your finances. The blessing of God is coming on your children. I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you glory, God. Father, here it is, last thing I'm through. Then we're gonna take the morning's tithe and offering. I almost missed this. But the Bible said, where my glasses go? The Bible said in Genesis 14 that Melchizedek blessed Abram. Abraham 
went home with all this stuff and all this blessing and all these people. That was in chapter 14, say chapter 14. But if you flip to chapter 15, look at this here, look at this here. I feel you, Lord, I need you. After these things, verse one, Chad, if you could put uh, Genesis 15 verse one up on this screen here, I want them to see this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, watch, and I am your exceeding great reward. The reward was never the possessions. The reward was not even in the blessing. The reward was in his presence. I'm your reward. Tithing never bought God. Tithing just opened up a place in God. When he found that I'd be faithful with what belonged to him, he released his kingdom into our lives. Are there any tithing witnesses in this room right now? Listen to me. Don't wait till you make $1,000 a week to start tithing. I started tithing when I turned 17, 18 years old. I go preach a little revival. They give me $400. I call mama back at the house. I say, mama, she wrote the checks back then and took care of it. And Pastor Jeremy, what most of y'all don't know, Pastor Jeremy traveled with me back then. And we'd go to these little churches, wouldn't we? We'd go to these little churches and keep each other holy. Had all these crazy women pulling on him and on me. I said, we better stick together so nothing stupid happens. Hallelujah. So we'd go to these little churches. I called mama, mama, send them a tithe check. Pay the tithes, $40, $75, $100. Mama, at first she would say, Kevin, you can't afford to do this. And I used to say, mama, I can't afford not to do this. That was before my mama got a revelation of tithing. When she started seeing God open up doors for us, she walked in the bedroom one night and said, Eddie, that's my dad. We're going to start tithing. Well, what you mean we're going to start tithing? You'd never believe what God's doing for Kevin. It's a witness. I'm not bragging. Do you understand? I was so poor I couldn't pay attention. We didn't have nothing. Now whatever I have, it all belongs to him. Hey family, I believe God is touching hearts right now. The preached word of God causes the lost to come to Christ. I believe someone's watching. Maybe you feel a million miles away from God. Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you've never been in church. Listen, I want to tell you that it doesn't matter where you are in life right now. If you want Christ to save you, no matter what you've done and no matter how long you've been doing it, if you'll turn your heart to him, he'll save you right now. I want to lead you in a prayer. Say, dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I'm asking you to save me from my sin. Save me from myself. 
Lord, come in and be the king of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to rescue me today. In Jesus' name, by faith, I believe that I'm saved and a child of God. Amen. Listen, friend, I know that's a simple prayer, but I believe with all of my heart, salvation is as simple as turning from sin and turning to Christ. If you did that today, I, I want to pray that God give you a strong Bible-believing church. I want you to go to KevinWallace.tv, learn how the resources that we have can help you in your journey. Listen, we want to pray for you. Drop us a line on the prayer request. Let us know you gave your heart to Christ, and our team's going to be praying for you this coming week. You're going to get stronger. You're going to grow deeper in your love for God. You'll become everything He put you on this planet to be. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless.